Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Spot On First Impressions for the Entrepreneur, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Kimberly DeShield Spencer is the award-winning founder and CEO of U-Impact, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, Forbes contributor, philanthropist, podcast host, and highly sought-after marketing and branding consultant who trains and speaks to people who want to understand what it means to reach beyond what they think is possible in their professions by reaching beyond the limits they find in themselves. She is not content to motivate or inspire you. She focuses on showing you how to accomplish your dreams and purpose with substance by coloring outside the lines of her contemporaries with creativity, tempered by experience and heart. Kimberly has carved out a standalone place for herself in the realms of branding, business, entrepreneurship, imaging, marketing, speaking, and teaching, and helps you to engender positive change that leads to lasting results in your business, personal life, and the lives of those you encounter. Kimberly DeShield Spencer believes in faith, family, and community, and she champions those ideals in her approach to teaching you how to sow into yourself and others, and then reap a harvest of success that only you can define and realize. So Kimberly, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I want you to share a little bit more about yourself to how you got into helping entrepreneurs with their marketing, because I gave a little bit of background, but I'm sure there's more you'd like to share. Sure, sure. I actually started in branding and marketing. Um, I think I came out the womb in doing business. Um, <laughs> the high school I intended was called Business Careers High School, if that tells you anything. So I've always loved everything when it comes to marketing. And when I stepped into the marketing and branding space officially in a professional capacity, it was actually when I was 19. Um, mm-hmm. I was in college and I was coming out of college um, my senior year, and I got introduced to the world of public speaking. And when I started my first career at DeVry University, ironically, my supervisor at the time was a professional speaker, and she had no clue what to do. And here I am, someone that loves marketing, and mm-hmm. I was also entering into my master's. So the fast forward, um, in the first couple of years, we had the chance to be mentored by some of the most incredible business minds from Tony Robbins to Les Brown. We got a chance to travel with Les Brown several times. Um, so I got a chance to see that world in a totally different kind of way than most people do. So here I am kind of young and I'm starting my business. So by the time I was 21, um, I left quote unquote corporate America, if you will, Mm -hmm. and started my own business working with professional speakers. And I ended up having 45 speakers that um, I had on retainer and I was helping them with the marketing and branding. And what ended up happening for a number of years, I did quite well. 
Um, it was a hard business, very, very hard business. But I learned very quickly that all money isn't good money because mm-hmm. I was doing everything for everybody, but they didn't know how to do anything for themselves in the area of marketing and branding. So I knew I was doing a disservice. So that's how you impact got birth is very early on. I realized I don't want to do it for people. I want to show people how to do it. So that mm-hmm. way, if anything ever happens, they'll be able to leave and be more empowered and understand the process for themselves. And then I can teach them how to understand the different concepts and processes. And that's kind of how I got to where I am today. The last, gosh, almost 20 plus years I've been in business now. <laughs> I'm doing marketing and branding. <laughs> That's great. Well, I know we are going to be talking about that whole topic, but we do have to acknowledge, yeah. at least right now, there is a lot going on. Sure. I mean, businesses are just struggling even to stay operating yeah. right now, let alone, you know, be able to really focus on doing some, you know, newer things mm-hmm. or looking at their brand. Um, but with that said, we do know we need to still keep focusing on what it takes for us to be successful in business. Mm-hmm. And so... That's why I think it's so important to still be talking about this today. Um, So the first question that I have for you then, for someone who's then struggling right now, um, or even if it's not just a real struggle, but what can they be doing to increase their visibility? Oh, great question. You know, one of the best things about the season, you know, we want to try to find a positive out of it, is to be able to pause and reassess where you are in business, look at what's working, what's not working, and what are some opportunities for growth, because that's one first step I would do before I even get into visibility, because the more you want to grow your business, this is a great time to see, well, what's really working? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe for visibility, you need to really hone in on a stronger message, um, especially now, because people are going to be way more discerning in terms of where they're going to use their dollars and where they're going to invest their time and energy into. So your messaging is really key. So when you look at visibility, ask yourself, what is it that you're sharing? What is it that you're saying? Is it relevant for this particular time and season that we're in? Is it something that's going to be helpful to age audience and growing? Like in this space, see what it is that you can actually communicate and then ask yourself what venue you can use. Is that a blog? Mm-hmm. It is doing a radio show like you're doing. Is it a podcast? Um, what means can you use to, to increase your visibility in terms of getting information to your audience in a, I would say, more faster pace, if you will, because things are changing so rapidly. And the second thing that I would do is also go back and talk to your clients. People will be very surprised. Visibility comes oftentimes in what clients say about you and what Mm -hmm. they share about you and what they communicate about how it is working with you. So this is a great time to also check in with people that you've worked with and also people that you, maybe you just wrapped up working with them, just do a good check-in. That actually does increase visibility because people are going to remember the times that you showed up and times that were kind of rough like it is right now. So look at your services, look at what's working, look at what's not working, and then look at the tools you're using to get your message out there and find the ones that are most, most readily available to your audience. Mm-hmm. That's so important to really think through that, too. Like you said, what is working for you now? Or maybe people need to mm-hmm. potentially just change what they're doing in business and yes. maybe get rid of one service or maybe add another service. No, Exactly. Exactly. And it's also a great time, too, Candy. Uh, we just did a training the other day about looking at different ways to diversify your income, which also increases your visibility. Um, mm-hmm. Here's one little tidbit that I will offer um, to everyone. One of the key things, if you really are looking at how can you diversify, but maybe not necessarily recreate things, I mean, not recreate, I'm sorry, start something new, is ask yourself, your product or your servicing, how is that applying to different learning styles? For example, Mm. if you have a book, maybe you might want to turn it into an audible. Maybe you want mm-hmm. to turn it into a Kindle format. Maybe you want to do something um, for a webinar. You can change it to visual, to listening, uh, to a physical product. There's so many different ways that you can take something you're currently doing and 
put it in different format, which can also increase your visibility. Yeah, that's a great idea because a lot of people probably don't think through that either. It's just like, oh, I want to get this, you know, story out there or something, but yes. not necessarily thinking like, oh, yeah, some people listen and capture information mm-hmm. better that way versus seeing it. Exactly. So what advice would you give to someone who feels their brand is not communicating the, the value of their company well? Oh, good question. You know, one of the first things when if I work with someone that feels like no matter what they do, it doesn't seem to be getting across, my first step would be making sure that you really understand your audience and understanding how you need to communicate to them. Oftentimes, I find um, business owners tend to look at what the trend is, look at what people are saying you need to do in your businesses, mm-hmm. so they carbon copy that onto their particular brand, and it doesn't sound the same because it's not your real voice. Right. So you really need to make sure that, one, you're communicating in a way that people know, okay, that's you, that's your approach, that's your unique thumbprint, and then more importantly, make sure that you really understand your audience. And this is not so much about having an, you know, an ideal client profile because I'm not a huge believer in that, in that particular um, thinking per se, but I do believe that it's very important to understand the people that you generally attract. What is it that they need to gain from you? What are the solutions that you offer? What needs are you meeting? So that way, if your messaging is not really giving you the traction that you need, start there making sure mm-hmm. that you understand them, and then look at your messaging. Sometimes it's not so much just that you are not communicating effectively. Maybe your copy isn't as strong. Many people don't know how to really write in a marketable way to where mm-hmm. they can be able to attract people in a different way because we tend to talk more conversationally, but when you're doing marketing, sometimes it's important to really look at the, wor- the wording that you're using and making sure that you're writing in a way that grabs attention. That mm-hmm. creates intrigue, that maybe even challenges people to say, man, I never thought about that. You know, something to make people say, hey, I need to either go to their website, check their blog out. Something you say, something you write should grab their attention. That's effective marketing. So mm-hmm. it could be on both sides, knowing the audience, but also making sure that you're writing in a way that's effective. Well, that's great ideas, too, that you're sharing. But one of the thoughts that I was, you know, thinking while you were speaking about that, too, was Mm -hmm. when you're talking about, like, your message or your branding, I think if you're, like, a sole proprietor, let's say you're, like, a graphic designer or a writer Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's you kind of represent your business. Like, obviously, your message is more, like, related to you personally. Um, But what about someone that has a company with multiple employees or, you know, it's more like that image instead of like an individual, like what would you tell someone how to potentially create their market or their brand for like one versus the other? Oh, good question. You know, even if you have say multiple um, team members or, and and my team actually has has done this, we've actually reached out and kind of did what we were all familiar with the 360. And so what we're thinking that we're communicating, we often have to do check-ins. So I would suggest to someone, ask the people that you're servicing, ask the people that maybe had inquiries that did not move forward, ask those that are closer to your brand to ask them what you are, what they view you are communicating. Because mm-hmm. often what we're perceiving in our communication may not always be what we are actually relaying. Mm-hmm. And that's very important to constantly do a check-in. Um, this is great for whether you are um, a solo entrepreneur or where you have multiple team members. Having that check-in is vital. And I would make that a part of your planning every single year. And I say that because no matter what, when you're in business, you change personally. Right. Your offerings change frequently. So if you're not checking in to make sure that what you're communicating is coming across in a way that's clear, then you could be marketing and marketing and marketing, and it's not landing in a way that you desire it to land. Mm-hmm. So it's good to kind of have that check-in. And then from there, ask yourself, after you do your check-in, 
measure it up to what it is that you are putting out there and see if there's any misalignment there. Because if right. there is a gap, it's a great time to kind of pull, you know, everything back and saying let's kind of, you know, re- refocus, redirect um, what our messaging is, our visuals is, um, is everything that we're communicating in alignment. You know, those, that's a great time to kind of pull back and do that assessment. Mm-hmm. It's so important. So then what is the most important piece in building that marketable brand? You know, one of the first things I would say is make sure that you have a market. (laughs) Honestly, um, far too often people build businesses based off of something they really want to do, but they haven't tested to see if there's even a market that wants what they do. Mm. So I would start there first um, because some of the struggle may be that, and it's just a, a general thing. If you're someone that really loves to crochet just natural um, uh, blankets, and I have a client that does this, and she was like, well, I really want to do it for my friends or family, and I want to take it and scale it in a certain kind of way, where there wasn't necessarily a market that needed that. Now, people love it. It's a great gift, but there wasn't a need for that per se. However, when we she was really, really like, Kim, I really want to build this out. So we started looking at local hospitals, local, local places that people um, really love the warmth of personal mm-hmm. products. And so we found some really great um, local groups that said, hey, can you make so many of these per month? And now other local places from um, midwifery practices, from smaller hospitals and smaller towns are reaching out to her to create blankets for those who are in the hospital. So now she's been able to fit a need. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not always that you have to like change it, but just find the market that's hungry for what you're looking for. And Mm -hmm. if you can't find that, ask someone's opinion. You know, if you're really, really serious about what it is what you want to do, because sometimes it's just a matter of tweaking, tweaking the approach, tweaking the the viewpoint, if you will. Um, But that to me is more more important than anything is to make sure you have a market. Right. Yeah, that's so important too. And I think sometimes it's hard, you know, when people start a business, Often, like I was an accidental entrepreneur per se, you know, it's like I didn't intend to own a business ever, you know, but someone kept asking me to help and here we are. And I have clients who did something because it was a hobby at first, right? You know, someone used to make like gift cards or, you know, Christmas cards and Mm -hmm. things and the people were like, you should sell that. And then you just start a business. So a lot of times people don't really go through thinking through Mm -hmm. this process of, who is my market? What is my brand? Yeah. What should I be doing? You know, so if you have someone maybe that was in that realm that maybe had a hobby um, or, you know, they just decided to kind of start a business and didn't have a whole lot of planning in place, like what would you mm-hmm. recommend uh, for them? You know, I think that's actually a really great um problem to have if you have a hobby that people are saying, hey, you really should take this more seriously because you've already crossed a big hurdle. You have a market that's looking for what you have. So that's mm-hmm. great. What I would do before you just jump in, um, be very limited on the information that you consume on the front end because it can be very overwhelming when you're new. You start researching and looking at all these different things that you need to do, have put in place, the social media, et cetera. It could be incredibly overwhelming. So for the first thing I would do is write down first, what are the objectives that you personally want to have for you and your family? Um, and maybe you're saying, you know what, I just really want to bring in an extra 500 or $1,000. Start there first. Be very clear on what you want to um, do, your goals. Be very clear on what any kind of finances you have to um, put towards starting a business. I would keep it minimal. You can do, you know, free, not free, they're not free anymore, <laughs> but with, mm-hmm. they're very inexpensive, or you can find another like um, platform, but find ways to inexpensively start on the front end first. Um, set your objectives, and then from there, create just a 90 day marketing plan. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer that you don't necessarily need on the front end 20, 30 pages when you're brand new because that can be very overwhelming. And oftentimes you won't go back to that document as frequently as you would a 90-day plan. But come up with a 90-day plan that addresses your financial goals. It addresses what marketing you want to put in place. And it addresses how you want to build your customer service. Right. I mean, those are very three key areas, I think, in the first 90 days. And then from there, see what works see what didn't work, and then recreate another 90-day plan and keep doing that as you're building slowly. Mm-hmm. Don't try to rush it. <laughs> I feel very strongly that you should learn your lessons as much as you can up front, um, but take your time. Right. Be very clear on what it is you want to build right now. Exactly. I think that's good advice right now for a lot of people who are at home, maybe not working and thinking mm-hmm. of starting a business even. This is a great time for people to really be pondering, like, what can I do yes. to make some extra yes. money and start a business? So great exactly. advice. Well, we're actually just at our first commercial break. So when we come back, we'll continue to chat with Kimberly about building a marketing brand and using it effectively. You are listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. You are listening to Biz Help For You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help For You. 
Welcome back to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Kimberly DeShield Spencer told us about her background and how she got into marketing and branding. Now let's continue our discussion. So Kimberly, what are a couple ways to build more engaging relationships with my audience? Oh, good question. Um, before I answer that, I'll definitely just encourage um, anyone is this is one of the biggest ways that you can really increase longevity and retention if you master the art of building that engagement. One of the best things that I first um, would suggest is make sure, as I mentioned earlier about knowing your audience, but make sure you know your clients. Make mm-hmm. sure that you spend time really going to understand them. Um, oftentimes, clients don't want to feel like they're a transaction. They don't mm-hmm. want to feel like, you know, they're signing up for a service or program and then that's about it. Make sure that you really understand how to really engage with them, um, create meaning, and really create that um, level of connection with them. One of the ways, it's a small little tidbit um, that I shared one time at a conference I was hosting, was if you really want people to feel like they're not just another number, remember the important things about them, their lives, their um, special moments. Like if they come up and tell you that, hey, next month, I'm going up for a speaking engagement. I'm really excited. It's my first one. Here's a great something that I do. If they tell me the date, when they leave, I literally will write it down real quickly. I go to my car, and I pre-schedule a text message to go out to them on that morning. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes we can get so busy, and right. your heart means to be there present, but you may not always remember those details. But to me, that, that one little detail has honestly strengthened so many relationships in my life. Because even though I may not always readily be able to be top of mind, when I do that, in that moment when it sends and they respond back, I'm in that moment with them. So that's mm-hmm. a really great way to create engagement. Another way to create great engagement with them is make sure the content that you're offering to people is, is um, relevant and that is up to date. Now, the reason why I said that creates a lot of really great engagement is that people are engaged when they're learning from you, when they're mm-hmm. growing from you, when they feel like, okay, this person really is taking time to keep their skill set sharpened. Um, they keep their viewpoint, their viewpoint um, even stronger in their position in their industry. So when people trust your knowledge, and they, that means that they really and truly believe the things that you're sharing and that you're doing to help them grow, they're going to stay more engaged, mm-hmm. hands down. And third, I would I'd definitely say when people are referring and they're sharing um, information about you, make sure that you're doing the same for them. I mm-hmm. find that oftentimes if you're not reciprocal in that, it doesn't really create a real connection with someone. In the same way as my clients may send referrals to me and say, hey, work with her. I try to do the exact same thing for them. I try to Mm -hmm. really make sure that I'm supporting them in the same way they're supporting me. And that really creates a lot of really great um, engagement because now it's not transactional, it's relational. Right, for sure. And that's really how you start really building your business. I think that's so true, too. I actually Mm -hmm. consider a lot of my clients, I say friends or something, too. You know, Mm -hmm. I know about their family. They know about me. We ask how each other's doing, you know, and and things like that. Mm -hmm. And even right now when things are happening and a lot of the restaurants are struggling, you know, I have a lot of restaurant clients. We've been posting on social media and saying, you know, here's a restaurant, you know, that has takeout. Mm -hmm. They have great food. If you love Italian, you know, or things like that, too, just trying (laughs) to support them as well, you know, because it's like you said, it's all about relationships and supporting each other so it's so important exactly so how do I ensure that my audience does not get bored or used to what we're sharing to the point of they don't want to work with us anymore 
Oh, good point. You know, that's where I think it's personal responsibility comes in as a business owner and making sure that you stay current on what's happening in your industry, whether you have a couple of events that you go to, whether you have trade journals, whatever it might be, find information to keep yourself sharpened because the more sharpened you're going to be, the more you're going to be able to trade, not trade out, I'm sorry, but to be able to scale up your own programs and offerings. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, my personal thing in, in our in company is that we don't offer the same thing more than two years. Because mm. at that point, I could be aging out even my own programs. Um, for example, masterminds used to be so, so huge for people. I mean, that, there was a boom of that for, gosh, I don't know how long. And people still do them, but not in the same way they did many years ago. So I started to phase mine out and started to create more of incubators that were short-term, a little bit more um, training-focused more than anything else. Um, and that actually increased a new revenue stream in my business. So mm-hmm. I found ways to make sure that I stay current in terms of what I'm offering. Um, I would encourage you to do the same thing. Whenever mm-hmm. you're building, look at the areas that you are really strong in. Look at areas that you might find in your industry that say, you're like, you know what, I really like that, but I don't really know that content as well. Consider sharpening up in that skill set. Um, mm-hmm. Find different ways on making sure that how you're delivering information stays fresh. Um, for example, if you've never hosted a retreat in your life, host a retreat. It's a great way to create a different level of connection with your clients. Um, mm-hmm. If most of your content is done through uh, face-to-face or phone only, find another avenue to reach out to your clients. Um, and maybe another really great way is find concepts that are typically taught in one format and you come up with another format to relay that information because it may be seen and viewed differently. Mm-hmm. The key is overall is keep yourself sharpened, but also change up your own delivery system. Change up your own approach to it and really do self-checking to make sure that you're not offering the same thing year after year after year because what happens is that they'll get used to you. The final thing that I would suggest is also make sure your visuals stay fresh mm-hmm. because if I see the same type of um, advertising piece year after year after year, even if your content is different, if I see it, my mind's automatically going to attach, oh, it's just about this, so I'll mm-hmm. dismiss it. So it's a key to also um, keep your, your, your um, visuals updated and fresh. Like a good mm-hmm. rule of thumb, and it sounds kind of corny, <laughs> but um, I look at it like reality shows. Whenever there's a new trailer, new season, they always have fresh new videos, fresh new pictures, right. fresh new um, <laughs> positioning. So I started doing that in my business years ago. So I made sure <laughs> that every quarter I have fresh new something so that my clients' eyes don't get bored. When we mm-hmm. do events, they, they know that it's never going to be the same event. It's not going to always be the same format. They're always wondering, what are you up to next? And I That's like that. Great advice. Because then that means mm-hmm. that they want to come. <laughs> well, and I think I was even thinking of this earlier, too, is updating your image on your business cards, too, every so often, yeah. too. Because I know there was a lady I met uh, once at a conference, and I didn't even realize it was her because I'd seen her image on social media for so long. Mm-hmm. But that picture yeah. had to have been like 15 or 20 years old, like when I actually yeah. <laughs> ended up seeing her in person and then seeing what it was. And I know mm-hmm. she must have just loved that picture because it was great, but then it didn't really represent who she is anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think me personally, that would be my thing too, is like make sure that we are, are looking like, you know, on our business card, like we yeah. really look, you know. that's really important too because you know it's so funny I went to a focus group about that very topic and many people said that they would not trust someone if when they show up they don't look like who they thought they were going to look like not so Mm -hmm. much just from like oh I thought you sounded like this but like you mentioned about the picture on the card if they come and they look 15 or 20 years older or what have you immediately there's an element of distrust 
Mm, and that happens very often. And it was a really cool focus group um, with these regular consumers saying that they would not trust someone if they meet them and they look different than what they presented. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't heard yeah. that before, but it makes sense, I guess, too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you've kind yeah. of kind of built what your expect expectation is and then it's not the same. So then you're like, hmm, is this really what yeah. I was thinking in terms of the service I'm going to get, too? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So... What are two ways to increase the marketing reach then? I know this is a big topic. People talk about this a lot too. Like I'm doing things on social media or I'm sending my newsletter, but I don't feel like I'm getting a lot of interaction. And, you know, how do we make that better? You know, make sure that you're very searchable. Um, I know people talk about SEO all the time, and that's not really my space of um, topic that I talk about a ton. But in this space, I will say that make sure that you are – if they look up your information, that you're searchable. Make sure mm-hmm. that you have a blog, which is very, very key for marketing reach. The reason being is if you have a blog, say, for example, that has how-to tips in there or 10 ways or, you know, different things of that nature, it tends to increase your searchability, especially in your industry. Mm-hmm. So it's really key now, especially if you use wording like how-to um, or top 10 or top 5, using some of those buzzwords actually in your writing will increase your searchability. Hmm. It's true about social media, et cetera, but here's the thing. In anything that you post, if at all possible, make sure that you name that file something close to your business or something connected to your business so that your pictures are also indexed and it also increases searchability. Hmm. That's very key. Okay. If you Google your name right now and the only thing that pops up is your website or the only thing that may pop up is maybe a couple articles here or there that you've done, then you know that you're not as searchable and, and neither is your content. So it's really important to kind of go through and see, okay, what wording am I using? What content am I putting out there? This goes back to something I shared earlier about knowing your audience. What is it they typically ask? Mm-hmm. What is it they're typically looking for? Is it, you know, man, I really wish I knew how to become a better leader. So do you have an article on how to become a better leader anywhere? Hmm. Like take the questions that you typically hear and answer those exact questions in your blog. It can also increase your reach. That's very key. Another hmm. big way to really increase reach across the board is look at every entry point into your business, whether it's your blog, radio, website, etc., and ask yourself, is there consistency? Is your messaging consistent? Are your pictures all tagged in a way that can help increase your searchability? Is your expertise being out there in a way that will cause people to say, hey, you know what? I read her book. Oh, I see her website. Oh, I see this. And everything is in good alignment. You'll mm-hmm. be surprised. The more you put out there that's all connected to your respective entry point actually increases your searchability online. Mm-hmm. That's so important. And the last, <laughs> you know, someone's going to Google you. It what's going to pop up? You know, Are you going to be found? Exactly. So, you know, and I also participate. Go, mm-hmm. oh. go ahead. You know, one thing, too, in case there's anyone listening that really loves that, that space of speaking and training and being out there, um, even though I don't do that industry anymore in terms of doing it for people, I do participate yearly in two roundtables with a lot of really incredible meeting planners for companies, and they do that very thing I just said. If someone says, hey, I am a financial expert, they're going to Google you, and if they see your Facebook looks totally different than what you say you are, if you don't produce nothing that um, fits that, but the only thing that says that is your website, they immediately discount that speaker. Mm. They said, you know what? They're not an expert because nothing seems to be connected. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's very key to make sure everything's connected. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And again, it comes back to as entrepreneurs, we're usually busy running the company and doing the services for the clients and things. And we don't know all these other things we should be doing, right? You know, or even if you know it, you may not have time to like really implement it. So that's the hard part as an entrepreneur wearing so many hats. Yes. So what are some common pitfalls that business owners fall into when they're marketing their business brand? Honestly, it's, it's either one or two things. Either they're doing too much, too much marketing to where there's no effective positioning or no effective voice. You're just kind of throwing stuff out there um, mm-hmm. because you're trying to match everything people say you're supposed to do. Or on the other side, you're doing too little. You're not doing enough. It's inconsistent. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're inconsistent, meaning you may post something in January, but you may not post something again until March or April. Right. So either you're inconsistent or consistent, and those are two things that really affect your marketing. So if you're on the other side of it where you're doing way too much, honestly, hone down to maybe one or two key things that you can do in the next 90 days and focus only on those two marketing strategies. Mm-hmm. Same advice would be flipped on the other side. If you are inconsistent, a lot of times that falls into a space of being overwhelmed or like you mentioned, you may be the sole proprietor um, and maybe you're running everything and having to wear so many different hats. In that case, just pick one or two things that you know you can do well for 90 days and only focus on those two things. Right. And try not to do five, five to ten different things because mm-hmm. once you master a couple things in marketing, you can move on to something else to master. Right. Yeah, that makes me think I'd heard the saying before, like, go deep rather than go wide. So if you have time for one thing, do that one thing. Don't try to, you know, do these three or four things and barely do them. You know, focus on one. Mm -hmm. So important. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess there were some other things that I was thinking of asking you and now actually forgot the comment I wanted to make. And maybe (laughs) it will come back later. But, you know, because there's so much great information that we're sharing and I have all these thoughts uh, that come into my head. But um Oh, I know what it was. I think it was people are told often you kind of need to be top of mind. So you need to be in front of them and mm-hmm. be seen. And I think that's why people do so much marketing. But I think I've had that yeah. before where I have something in my inbox all the time and my inbox is so full that sometimes it's mm-hmm. like the opposite effect of what they yeah. want because then I start to get annoyed, right? Because it's like, gosh, yeah. they sent me another email on this, you know? And so I think it's <laughs> yeah. finding the balance, right? Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's something like a little small, and it's just my own personal belief. So, um, you know, when it comes to even that email marketing, at the end of the day, when you do your business, you have to do what's best for you. I'm a mm-hmm. marketer, and I actually don't do email marketing, which mm-hmm. I know is very strange, especially in this day and age, because I do see a lot of value in it. But I know for me, I found other ways to build my own um, uh, list, if you will, and I found mm-hmm. my ways to connect to my audience differently, and that worked better for me. I used to have an email list, and I used to be able to do that, but the very thing that you said, even though I sent mine two times a, um, a, two times a month, what people were saying was, I know it's good, Kim. Um, I'm sure that it's great, but I just get so much that I don't read it. So I just mm-hmm. end up deleting everything. So right. then I found that it wasn't as effective for my audience. So I think the key for me I learned is do what's best for you when it comes mm-hmm. to marketing. That's so important. I think we have time mm-hmm. for one more question before our uh, okay. next break. So can you tell me how valuable is it to have a brand promise? Oh, gosh. I, I think that's it. I don't The best I can say is that you have to have one because <laughs> um, mm-hmm. people want to trust you. 
People want to know that you say what you say is what you mean. So if mm-hmm. I say to you that um, I love to work with people and I want to help you grow and build, well, that's my promise to you, that I'm going to work with you to help you grow and build. Um, if you're someone that's in whatever industry it is, health, financial, legal, et cetera, what you say to people means everything. So your promise is the very thing that, to me, creates that element of trust with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important, too. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we don't realize, too, there may be an unspoken promise that you're putting out yes. there, too. So really knowing what people are interpreting as what that promise exactly. might be. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think, again, it comes back to sometimes I think just people are just starting don't know what to be doing and don't realize that people are making those judgments too. And so just trying to figure out what is it you want people to see about you? You know, what are those one or two, three key words even right where they say that um, those core values, what are the core values you want to identify for yourself and your company? And then hopefully Mm -hmm. that's what you're putting out there. Right. Yes. Yes. And I try never to make a promise that I can't really meet. Like I never tell anyone, Oh, you're going to have these type of results. I'm actually mm-hmm. very clear on saying I can't determine your results. You determine that. But mm-hmm. this is what I promise you that I'm going to show up in the best way that I can. Right. You're there to support them yeah. through whatever, you know, their process is. If you exactly. say I'm going to help you, you know, do X, Y, Z, that's the part you're going to do. But you can't guarantee if they're not willing to put forth the effort, you can't guarantee exactly. the results. Right. So that makes sense. Very true. So. Well, we're actually just close to the next break so when we come mm-hmm. back uh, we're going to continue talking with Kimberly DeShield Spencer of U Impact on building a marketing brand and using it effectively so we'll be right back after this brief commercial break From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to BizHelp for You. 
If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to BizHelp for You. Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Today, I'm chatting with Kimberly DeShield Spencer of You Impact. Let's find out a bit more information from her on building a marketing brand and using it effectively. So, Kimberly, what are the most important elements in scaling a brand? Oh, good question. When you're scaling a brand, um, the key is you're working with things that are working right for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. Services or products or things that are doing really well. So when you're looking at scaling, it goes back to, and you can tell I, I go back to this often, is understanding your audience in terms of how they want to grow. When you're growing your services and you're adding legs to it, um, if you're creating your product line, you're doing that because it needs, it needs to meet new needs. Um, and mm-hmm. need to accomplish new objectives for your clients. So it's important to understand what that looks like in terms of helping them grow, but you're also scaling what you're doing. So first and foremost, make sure you understand where, where the pocket areas that they need to grow in. Look at what it is that you're offering and ask yourself how many legs does it have to grow. Um, if, for example, if you love doing leadership training on a particular topic, ask yourself, is it something you can do in a group? Can you do it with just the leaders? Can you do a retreat? Maybe you can turn it into a conference. Creating a scale is basically doing like a ladder step all the way up. So look at what you're offering and ask yourself, is this something that can have an elevator up, if you will? Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, I always believe in testing um, different kind of things that I want to kind of scale in. And so ask key people that you really respect and trust. And a lot of times I ask my personal clients, ones that have been with me the longest, and ask them if this is something that really meets a need for them. So I like mm-hmm. to test and prove. And that way they can give me honest, real feedback because they're the very ones that are going to be utilizing this new offering. So mm-hmm. for scaling, those are probably the two areas I would start with first is make sure you have something to scale, make sure that you understand um, how far and wide you can go with that particular area, and then consider asking some really loyal customers and asking for their feedback to ask them if this is something that they would be interested in. So on that line of testing and asking them, so let's say someone says to their, you know, top five clients or 10 clients or whatever, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And they get feedback, right? Yeah. Um, but then is there mm-hmm. like a next step that you would recommend that they try? You know, like here's kind of a few things to do to test per se, not just get, you know, someone's, yes, yeah. I think it's great. Definitely. You know, whenever I get feedback from people, I always look at their feedback and make sure one first and foremost that you ensure that it's in alignment with what it is that you know you can do. Um, mm-hmm. That's very, very important first because some feedback you might get and you're like, oh, that's a great idea, but that is so not in my wheelhouse or maybe mm-hmm. that's not in the area of strength that you have. So that's key also. You want the feedback, but you also want to be very realistic in what it is that you have to offer. Next, if you see that, okay, there's some bits and pieces here that they've said that we can actually do, consider doing a beta group doing a beta testing. Um, when people think beta, obviously they think um, um, you're going to ask people to do something for free. You can consider creating a, a beta group and just do a reduced pricing. And mm-hmm. that way you can still be able to, you know, earn something, if, you know, especially if you're, especially with things happening in this day and age. But on the same token, it gives you a chance to work with people underneath your new offering to ensure that you're able to see what works, what doesn't work, where areas of growth are. This mm-hmm. works the same way with uh, a product offering. If you have a really great new product, maybe it's a workshop, maybe it's an actual physical product, do a beta group. Mm. A lot of major companies do that. And just because you're a sole entrepreneur or maybe you're a small business owner with employees, you can still do the same thing. Because beta testing gives you such great insight and such great data. Mm -hmm. Um, In the same, same scenario, if you will, 
you can also form a focus day, um, focus group, I'm sorry, for a day. And I've done this a few times where I just get together in multiple different groups. Um, I'll ask clients to say, hey, we're getting ready to offer this. Um, if you know people that fit this particular um, attributes of this offering, maybe it's someone who's very seasoned in business. Maybe it's someone that has, you know, five or ten employees, et cetera. If you can reach out to them and ask them to be part of our testing for the day and we can kind of go through some different things, it gives me another added um, benefit of someone that's never been exposed to me, never been exposed to the offering, and if they saw it for the first time, what is their fresh perspective on it? Mm -hmm. And that's also been very, very invaluable. And again, another great piece of advice that you're sharing. There's so much great <laughs> info here, you know. Um, so we talked a little bit earlier in, you know, the last segment about having an emotional connection. And, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of the back and forth, you know, it's not just take, it's what you can do to help your customers. But how would a business owner then actually create that emotional connection to their audience? You know, one of the first things that um, whether you're doing an event um, or whether you're doing um maybe one-on-one, one of the first things that I love to ask people is what they're building, what they want to grow, because that's very personal to someone. It's mm-hmm. very personal to people in general because for some people, like when I asked that question one time at a conference, I remember so many people got quiet because they've never thought of that question, and it became very emotional for many people because there, some people shared, I want to build a better life for me and my family. I'm tired of struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, it's, I want to build something that my kids will finally be proud of me of. Um, and it may not always be emotional in that, that side of it. It could be something like, hey, I've already experienced this really, really cool movement. I want to build something on top of that. So it's a different level of feeling. But for me, I love to ask the questions that hit to the heart matter. Like, mm-hmm. we can sit here all day long and build a great business, but what are we building it for? What, are we, mm-hmm. what am I helping you actually put into place? Um, so maybe you're not that person who says, you know, I want to get into the emotional part of it per se, but mm-hmm. a really great way to also create that connection with someone is to show that you care in other ways. Maybe whenever you and a client um, signs on, you send them a welcome gift. You say, you mm-hmm. know, I really appreciate you, you signing up. It's not just an email or a text, but it's something you actually put in the mail and take time to write a note. You'd be surprised at how valuable even writing a note today is really valuable. It's mm-hmm. so true. Thing, it is. And along the journey of working with them, maybe they have different milestone moments. Um, send them random thank you gifts. Um, one time we even did this with all of our new authors. It was nothing huge. I put a thank you note in a $5 gift card to Starbucks. And because you know we're marketing, we create our own in-house um, little notebooks. And so we put it together and send to someone. So to some people that might not seem really expensive, but to the clients, they loved it. Because our note we said is, when you're working on your chapter, grab a cup of coffee on us and put that pen to paper. And that mm-hmm. was our, our statement. <laughs> so that created a connection. And so along that line of creating that connection, then, I know a lot of people are using social media and yeah. we often feel distant because we're just kind of behind a computer screen. So how does yeah. someone connect with them and then build their brand through social media? Okay, I'm definitely probably the right person because I was the most private person on social media. I didn't like it and didn't want to mm-hmm. get on it because <laughs> um, I'm generally a very private person. Um, so for me, um, that was a question that I had to master for myself. I had to think about, well, how can I build and connect, but on the same token, um, make sure that people knew me a little bit more. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm not a salesy person. I'm not one. If you can go to my timeline, you won't see me promoting a whole lot of stuff per se. Um, but I'm very much a family person, a woman of faith, but I love what I do also. So I make sure my social media represents that. 
um, you might see my, my kids, for example, or mm-hmm. pictures of me and my husband. Um, and that fits my branding because it goes back to this is who I am. And this is how I interact with people, too. I want to know, tell me a little about your family. Tell me a little bit about what, what value to you. And when it comes to the branding side of it, I post pictures with me and my clients. Um, I post times when we're training or we're working on something and how proud I am of them. And as crazy as this may sound, I get a lot of inquiries when I do that. Because mm. people want to know, oh, I would love to work with you. I would love to do this. Um, what is it like working with you? Um, and this may be the same thing for other brands, too, is that many times people don't want to be sold to. They love seeing you in the act of doing what you do. Mm-hmm. So people see that you're constantly working with clients and you're enjoying it. And, and like you mentioned, like you're even sharing about different customers, et cetera. That tells me that you care about your clients. You mm, care about supporting sure. local business owners. Mm-hmm. So when people see that, they have a good impression of your brand. They have mm. a good feeling of who you are. So that way when they meet you, they can say, okay, I got a good sense of who you are based off of what I see you presenting to the world. Mm. And that's why it's so key that whatever you choose to present is very much in alignment with who you are also in business. And that works on the other side too, Candy, because there's some people who have opposite personality than me where it's all brass knuckles in business. And they have an audience that loves that information too. And mm-hmm. I've had people have told me, Kim, you're too nice, you're too this for me. I need someone a little bit more hard-edged <laughs> or whatever. And I'm all good for that, you know, because it says it's all, you know, time and grief. But right. that's, that, that goes back to what you present is what people are going to be attracted to. Right. And I think it does kind of depend sometimes on your industry and what you share. You know, I'm in a financial industry, of, in, of course, too, and bookkeeping and payroll and compliance, you know, government stuff or whatever, too. So we do share a lot of information on that. And right now, of course, we're sharing mm-hmm. a lot of resources about trying to get loans and grants and, and things like that, too. So we are trying to have that professional, you know, image per se, too, and sharing that. But I think we just, as a person, they're going to see that mm-hmm. personal side a little bit, too, right? So it's still kind yeah. of balancing. Like, for me, if I were too personal and just too stuff and not having a lot of the business side of it, people might think, like, well, she's really not good at what she does, right? <laughs> you know? Yes, yes, uh, yes. So I think it depends kind of on the industry you're in, too, what you're sharing yeah. and how people are going to build that trust with you. Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense. So what would be a piece of advice that you would offer to someone that does have an established brand and, you know, they're trying to maintain or improve it and not just grow something from the fresh start? Okay. So let me sure I the question. Like if someone's already established, how can they improve their brand? Mm-hmm. Like, what would you say to them? Okay. Like, they've got a brand, you know, but do they mm-hmm. need to do anything? Like you said, don't let it be stale, right? So if yeah. someone has an established brand, what should they be doing, basically, to keep it fresh mm-hmm. or, you know, well-established okay, yeah. and not kind of, you know, going away? No, no. I think, honestly, doing spring cleaning is always fun. Um, people look at me crazy whenever I say it's fun to clean up a brand because I think it really mm-hmm. is. Um, but for your brand, if you're already established and people know who you are, um, it goes back to refreshing things. Maybe it's time mm-hmm. to refresh in your colors. Maybe it's time to refresh in the, the, the look and feel of your website or maybe your approach, the visuals. To me, that's one of the first keys that I would look at um, in terms of refreshing, especially if you want people to not get used to you. Next mm-hmm. is, Look at your service offerings and what you're putting out there and ask yourself if you can refresh in those areas. Um, maybe it's time to do a really cool new, hey, a company update to all of your clients and let them know that we've got some new cool things that we're doing over here um, and we want you guys to be a part of it. 
Whenever, mm-hmm. for example, we were getting ready to expand our, our business, one of the things that we did, Candy, is we had um, a launch event, but we didn't tell people what it was. We just sent them an invitation, and we said, we want you to show up at this time, this place, and no, we're not going to tell you what it's about. Um, be ready to have fun, eat, and connect with people. And so when they came, it was a lot of fun because people were like, okay, what are you up to? And it was us doing a refresh of our brand. It was mm-hmm. us saying, hey, we have some new ways that we're getting ready to share XYZ with you. And, wow. you know, it wasn't necessarily expensive. It wasn't anything about that. It was more of just getting people together and being able to share something in a great way. And in that moment, you can ask questions. People can come up to you. They can say, okay, tell me about this. What this will also do for business is what do we do in this day and age? Take pictures and post. Right. People start posting and tagging you and people are like, oh, my God, where are you at? Okay, what is this event? And that creates leverage for you. It creates Perfect. people talking about you. So it's a fun well, way to be with your clients, but also create legs. Perfect. Well, we're at the end of the show, really. So I want to okay. ask you if you have an offer that you would like to share for listeners and then how okay. listeners can connect with you. Sure, sure. You know, if, if anything um, I've shared, it talked talk a lot about refreshing your brand. We do a brand audit, whether you are new or whether you are seasoned. Um, we have information right on our website at www uimpact.net is the letter U-I-M-P-A-C-T.net. Um, all the information is on there. You can even sign up on there, and we'll be able to do a full assessment on your brand, and then we'll set up a time to talk to you to go through all the different results on how you can grow, scale, redevelop, whatever it is you want to do with your brand goals. We're there to help you with through the audit. That's the first step that I would love to offer to you. Mm-hmm. And if someone wants to find you on social media, where would they look? Yes. Well, I'm on Facebook, and you can go to Kim- Facebook slash Kimberly U Impact, and you'll be directly to my page. Um, same thing for Instagram. It's the same handle, Instagram, at Kimberly U Impact, and you'll find me there as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kimberly. This has been a great topic, and I'm sure, you know, the listeners have really, you know, gathered a lot of information, and I'm sure, you know, there's so much more (laughs) that we could have talked about today. (laughs) So I appreciate your time. I know, especially with having your little one at home, I know I've enjoyed seeing those photos. Uh, And I just want to thank the guests for joining us and listening as well today. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about building a marketing brand and using it effectively. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Kimberly at the link she shared, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. Next week's topic is Stop Playing With Your Sales. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.